Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16, and I'm reading from the NIV. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is only one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But in each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. This is why he says, when he ascended on heaven, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly reigns. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature at attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will long, no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Thank you, Shirley. So we've been talking through Ephesians up until this point. Uh, well, we, and we're continuing uh, to look at Ephesians. And we've spent three weeks kind of going over the first three chapters and talking about... And in that, in that whole time, Paul has been talking about all that Jesus Christ has done for the church, to build up the church, to equip the church, to prepare the church, to bring the church together as one and to prepare them. And now, here in chapter 4, the very first thing, Shirley's translation says, then, since I as a prisoner, then you should do this. My translation says, therefore. Well, here's a little Bible study clue for you. Anytime you see therefore, you try and remember everything that was said right before that uh, as you look forward because that is, the, that is the case Paul is making for why we should do what comes after the therefore. And the case Paul is making is that Jesus has done so much. Jesus has been so profoundly effective in drawing us to God. It is as if uh, this, it says this more or less in chapter 2. It is as if 
we were already raised and sitting with God in heaven now. It's, a, it's that assured. It is that written in stone. It is that uh, uh, confident that we can, we can, it is as if it already happened. As if it has already happened. Jesus has been so effective in drawing us close to, Christ, to God through Christ that it is as if we were already there. Therefore, Paul says, today. Therefore, and he goes on to say, live lives worthy of that. I remember that, that uh, the last part of Saving Private Ryan. Do you remember this movie? Pretty gruesome in the beginning, but uh, an honest look at war, right? Uh, but what a great movie. Anything with Tom Hanks, right? Uh, <laughs> but what a great movie. And at the very end, Tom Hanks grabs Private Ryan and he says, be worthy of this. Right? All those people died to save him, basically. Be worthy of this. Live a life that's worthy. That's exactly what Paul is saying. It's as if Jesus' dying breath is, live a life worthy of all that I am doing on your behalf, all that I am, have, have given you. Live a life worthy. And then Paul goes on to talk about what that worthy life looks like. And the first thing he talks about is unity. I don't know if you've noticed, but throughout Ephesians, Paul seems to be obsessed with unity <laughs> and people being together. I get the feeling that the churches Paul had in mind as he's writing this uh, letter and sending it out, that these churches have been fighting. They must be Baptist, right? They must be Baptist because there's all kinds, I get the feeling there's all kinds of infighting going on within the church, that there's all kinds of disunity going on in the church. And Paul is begging them to be one. For there is one body, there is one Lord, and one hope, and there is one faith, one baptism, and one God who is the Father of all, who is above all, who is through all, and who is in all. Paul is saying, be one together. And even the Gospels, it's a huge theme throughout the New Testament. Even the Gospels, especially the Gospel of John, Jesus is begging us and prays to us, for us, be one, therefore, just as I and the Father are one. If you are one, then the whole world will know that you are my disciples. If you are one with each other. Unity is an important theme within the Christian faith. Amen? And so Paul wants us to be one. And I, but I want to say that there's a lot of different kinds of unity. You know, there's kinds of unity out there. Now, we could be one by all thinking and feeling and acting the same way, right? We could all be one by uh, me listing out all the, the things we're supposed to think and feel. I could make a list. I could make a list for you and we would distribute it. And if everyone just thought and felt the same way, would we not be one? Amen? We would. But that is not the kind of unity that Paul is talking about. There's another, there's another kind of oneness that Paul is actually talking about. It's not homogeny. We could do that, and a lot of churches <laughs> choose to do that, don't they? Oh Lord. A lot of churches choose to do that by wanting us to all 
act and think and feel and do all the same things. In fact, some of them start to look alike. Right? Am I wrong? (laughs) Uh, But that's not what Paul is talking about, and that's certainly not what Jesus is talking about. And that's why Paul uses the illustration of a body to talk about being one. When he talks about unity, he says that he talks about a body. And he uses uh, the image of the body because a hand is different than a foot, and yet it is one body. And the eye is different than an ear, and yet it is one body. And so Paul begs us to be together, to be one, and yet to recognize that Christ has has gifted us with very different gifts and has brought all of that together and equipped us through those gifts and given us all very different things. Uh, He's given some, and he goes on to list, to talk about certain things, but uh, he's given us all very different attributes, very different personalities, very different talents, very different experiences, very different gifts. And in fact, we are a stronger body because of that. Amen? We are stronger because we're different. You all are very different uh, in some ways. <laughs> but we are a stronger body because of that. You know, that's why I like, you know who I like to work with when I'm on a team of people? I like to work with Kathy Felker. You know why I like to work with Kathy Felker? Is she is the exact opposite of me in almost every way. And I'll have every idea I come up with, she has ten reasons why I can't do it. <laughs> and you know, we narrow those down to five, and then we figure out how to make something else happen, and pretty soon we've come up with a pretty darn good idea, haven't we, Kathy? <laughs> uh, Proverbs says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And that's the experience I have with Kathy Felker. Because I bring different things to the conversation than she does. She brings different things to the conversation than I do. And we sharpen each other's perspectives. We need diversity. But what is you, what draws us together is not our homogeny. It's not thinking and feeling and acting and being the same. It is our goal. It is what we're after. It is who we are working for. And it is where we are going that draws us together. It is the transcendence of the calling of Christ that calls us together. It is that good news stuff that has called us together. It is, it is, the kind, it is that agape love, that godly love that we all share together. It's that passion for justice that we all share together. And it is that commitment to transforming the world into what Jesus calls the kingdom of God, but a place that is a world that is what the world should be if God were in charge and not Caesar. It is all these things that draw us together and give us that commonality, that common goal. And it transcends those things that conspire to keep us apart. Our personality clashes, our background clashes, uh, all the ways that we're different. In the real world, those things tear us apart. But in Christ, 
those things bring us together. Amen? Amen. This is uh, what we call in the biz uh, when we latch on to that sense of what are we doing here. We call that vocation. And vocation comes from a Latin word, voce, which means voice. And really what Paul is urging us to do here is to be one body, but for each of us to find our voice. Isn't that great? Isn't that nice? Voce. Voice. I love that. Find our voice. And by our finding our voice, then we can accomplish that which Christ has called us to. And Paul goes on to talk about we've called some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers, some to be pastors. And basically what that means is some people were called and their job is to equip everybody else to do that which God has called them to do. To be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. To be equipped for every good work that God is trying to accomplish. In other words, we are filling in for Jesus. Jesus isn't here to do all the great things Jesus did before, and so we are here to do that in Jesus' stead. And that is our vocation. By doing this, by recognizing that we are equipped for the building up of the body of Christ. And that's Paul's way of saying for doing and accomplishing that which Jesus wants to accomplish through us. What we are equipped to do, what we have been given the gifts to do, are to build up the body of Christ through being the hands and feet of Jesus in this hurt and broken world and through living out that kingdom of God that we've been called to. So when Paul says, live a life worthy, what he means is don't waste it. Don't waste it. You've been given gifts. You've been blessed with so much. And the the gift's already been given. Jesus isn't going to take it back. (laughs) The gift's already been given. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. You've got a contribution to make not just to the church, but to the body. To the body that is trying to transform this world into something that it's not right now, but could be. To the body that reaches out to heal where there is hurt. To lift up where there is downtrodden. And to proclaim that which needs to be proclaimed. That's what prophesying is really about. To proclaim that which needs to be proclaimed. You have been equipped. You have been given every gift you need. And when Paul says grow up, (laughs) Paul means don't don't waste this gift on selfish endeavors. Don't just let it languish and not use it. But use it. And bring that gift together with our gifts and together we will transform the world. Amen? Amen? Well, you can do better than that. Amen? Amen. We can transform the world. This is what Paul is trying to, this is what Paul is begging us to hear. 
that God has given you freely all that you need. And what that equipping is for is to transform the world through the building up of the body. In love is the very last word in this Scripture we looked at today. In love. That foundation that we build everything on. The object that God is about. In love. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, You have blessed us with so much. Sometimes we fail to recognize it as Your equipping. And God, the the call to unity, sometimes that seems easy, but sometimes that seems hard. But may we each here recognize that we are called to be together so that we can work together, so that we can accomplish more than we can imagine or dream through You. So that we can dream God-sized dreams. So that we can experience all that You have for us to experience. So that we might make a difference. We might fulfill that which we have been called to do. Help us in this endeavor. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.